Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Mike Kennedy with the Living in Victory broadcast. Thank you for joining me again today. We're going to continue our series titled The Deliverances and Healings of Jesus. You know, the Master healed multitudes. If everything the Master did on earth was in written form, the Word says that there would not be enough room to hold it in books. Glory to God, everything he did, bought and paid for your salvation, your healing, my healing, amen, my provision, these things are still going on today based on what the master did. Hallelujah. We're on part nine of the series where we're going through chronologically the specific healings on individuals that Jesus did, not the ones that were healed by the multitudes. You know, there's a lot that's not written down, but there are about 20 that are specific healings, and we're breaking each one down. This is part nine of the series, but it's the fifth healing in the, in the master's life. You know, the first miracle he did was turn water into wine. We started off with that as a foundation, and we learned that the key to miracles is whatever he says to you, do it. That's the key to any miracle in your life, whether you need financial miracles, you need protection, you need healing, you need to come up and out of anything, whatever he says to you, do it. When you obey, when you get quiet and listen to him and you act, you're acting in faith, in obedience, glory to God, and that is the key to miracles. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter 9. Today, we're going to talk about the paralytic that was forgiven and healed. We find that this is in Matthew chapter 9, Mark chapter 2, Luke chapter 5. And we're going to go through each one of these and understand what, from the different perspectives of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, what happened. We learn more from each person's perspective in this situation. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 9 verse 1 says, So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. That means that he lived in Capernaum. We find that out in Mark and Luke, that he crossed over and went to Capernaum. Verse 2, Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed, a paralyzed man lying on a bed. They brought him to Jesus. Why? to get healed, to get whole, set free. And it goes on to say, when Jesus saw their faith. Faith can be seen, hallelujah. You know what was emphasized? It wasn't that it wasn't the miracle ability working through Jesus. It wasn't that he was the son of God. It was their faith. That's what was emphasized here. Not Jesus as a supreme being, but the faith of these five men. The four who carried him and the paralyzed man. We're going to go into detail into that. Hallelujah. You know, if it was just power to be healed that was present, there would have been healings all over the place. But when Jesus saw this faith, how did he see it? By their actions. Faith can be seen. Hallelujah. Jesus is looking for faith when he comes back. In Luke chapter 18, 8, it says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? God is a faith God. Hallelujah. 
He said, light be. And when he said it, he was in faith that light would happen. Light would be. And it did. Hallelujah. Praise your Lord. Faith acts. Jesus saw their faith through their actions. My, my, my. James 2.17 says, Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works or corresponding action, is dead. Dead, dormant, and operative, unproductive faith is worthless faith. It does no good unless you act. And then it goes on in the Amplified and it says, So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds and actions of obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power, inoperative, dead. I like the message. Um, Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is is outrageous nonsense? Why are you going to church if you aren't going to act in faith? It's outrageous nonsense. We must be doers of the word of God. Amen. You must fight the good fight of faith. Satan will fight to the end if you allow him. But we have authority over him to resist him. And when we do, he must flee. Glory to God. The NCV says, you foolish person, must you be shown that faith that does nothing is worth nothing? Hallelujah. This man came because he was paralyzed. He wanted to get healed, not to receive salvation, but let's see what happens. He came to get set free, to be able to walk again. Hallelujah. We don't know whether or not this man was um, from birth, whether he never walked, whether he had a stroke, fell off a ladder. We know this much. He was paralyzed. Hallelujah. And he needed salvation. He needed forgiveness. Verse 3, at once some of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemes. Why? Because they said it in their heart. They were there looking for a way to condemn the master, to judge him, not to receive, not to learn, but to condemn the master. Oh my, my. That's the wrong reason to go to church is to judge what's coming out of the pastor's mouth to judge the people there. Oh, you should judge it according to the scripture, not the person. But everything I say, you should ask yourself, where's the scripture? And judge what I say according to the scripture. If it doesn't line up, put it off to the side. Make sure everything that you believe is based on the word of God. Hallelujah. My, my, my. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemes. Man, they thought they were smarter than Jesus. They had their doctorates, their PhDs. They're smart. Who is this, you know, carpenter man? We've got, we've got characters and letters behind our a name. Uh, we got initials. He's just a carpenter. No, they thought they were smarter than a master. You should be slow to judge quick to listen and quick to repent. Hallelujah. They were quick to judge, quick to criticize. They didn't even give time for Jesus to explain it. They came with a heart already looking for a way to condemn him, declaring in their heart already that he blasphemes. Verse four, but Jesus, knowing their thoughts said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. 
He did it then and he still does it today. Hallelujah. He will forgive you of your sins right now. You can receive him as your Lord and Savior. No sin is too big for the powerful blood of the Lamb. No, it doesn't matter what you did. You don't understand the power of the blood. One drop cleanses it, washes away, makes you clean, pure if you receive it, if you ask for it. If you want to receive your salvation, you want to be made right before God so that you can boldly go to the throne of grace, you can receive it right now. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. You know, this is when it's, it's past the point where God will not and cannot forgive is whenever you refuse to acknowledge it, you refuse to receive the forgiveness, you're too hard-hearted to receive the power of the blood. It's your choice that eliminates you from being forgiven. It's your choice. You choose this day whom you're going to serve. If you want to be forgiven, you can be. Hallelujah. You can be made right right now. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Did you know that Jesus said your sins be forgiven? I've told people that. You may be like, oh, you've told people that. I'm not the forgiver. I'm not the healer. But I've seen people come up. I've led them in a, an altar call and a salvation prayer and you see the tears running down their face as the Lord has made them righteous. And I've told them, you know, your sins are forgiven. By the blood of the Lamb, you stand here made right, pure before Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can declare that over people that you lead to the Lord. You can let them know and encourage them that they have been made right. No, you didn't do it. I didn't do it. It's by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. He did it. God sends no one to hell. Each person must choose for themselves. No, mom, you can't take your little kid, your little baby, and have them sprinkled with water and believe that they're going to heaven. Oh, before the age of understanding, yes. But as soon as they understand right and wrong, they must receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You can't say, well, I sprinkled them whenever they were two months old and now they're 50 years old and they're in a mafia and that they're going to heaven. No, they must choose. You must choose. Amen? I didn't say it. Jesus did it. God said it. He said it in his word over and over. But if you want it, hallelujah, it's here for you today. Glory to God. Romans 10 verse 8 says, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. You know, Paul taught, and preached faith. I'm a faith preacher. What about you? If Paul taught it, Jesus taught it, it's how we get the victory. It's how we are saved. Why would you have a problem with faith? Faith is the victory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Goes on to say in verse nine, that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved doesn't matter what you did. If you do this and believe it and confess it, you will be saved. Hallelujah. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Who are you confessing to and about? That Jesus is Lord to the heavenly Father. Glory to God. Well, if Paul was a faith teacher, so am I. Hallelujah. Where is faith found? It's found in your heart and in your mouth. 
Glory to God. Salvation includes eternal life, healing, prosperity, protection, everything we need in this life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. In the Strong's Concordance, the word saved means made whole. Verse 9 is sozo, healed, made perfect, made right. Hallelujah. This is how we become righteous. We've been made righteous. Believe in your heart unto righteousness. And you are made righteous. That word righteous, don't get confused and all religious and legalistic about it. It means made right. Righteousness means to do what is right. We have been made right and we should choose to do what is right. Amen. Let's go on and continue with uh, verse 6. It goes on to say, And he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. He's paralyzed. What do you mean, arise? Jesus commanded it. With every command of God comes the authority and the ability, the power, with every command in it. Hallelujah. Go, be, arise. Amen. Came with power. We should be speaking with this power because in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Now you go. He gave you and me the authority. Hallelujah. We should be doing this. We should be seeing miracles in our lives. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise your Lord. The Amplified for Matthew chapter 9, verse 6 says, but in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins and remit the penalty. He then said to the paralyzed man, get up, pick up your sleeping pad and go to your house. See, when Jesus died on the cross and paid the price, he paid the price for healing. He paid the price for salvation. He paid the price for provision. He paid the price for protection. Everything we need was bought and paid for by Jesus' sacrifice. Glory to God. It takes faith to receive a healing and to be forgiven. Hold your place here. We're going to look at a couple other things. Look over at Acts chapter 9, verse 32. It says, Now it came to pass as Peter went through all parts of the country that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. Eight years and he was paralyzed. Man, you would get tired of it, right? If you were there for... For a period of time, and you could not move. And the King James says, and there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had been kept his which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. Well, you'd get sick and tired of it if you were in bed for eight years as well. You know, there's times where we need to get fed up with the attacks of the enemy. We need to get fed up with him holding us out, keeping us out, and we need to fight. Fight, resist him, take the authority of a believer, amen, and resist him and take back what the enemy stole. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So if it's killing, if it's stealing, if it's destruction, the enemy is involved. You need to resist it. You need to stand against it. You need to declare the victory, amen. Hallelujah. Verse 34, it says, And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Peter didn't take the uh, responsibility. He didn't take the credit. He said, Jesus the Christ heals you. Peter said this often. Paul said this often. Are you saying it? Brother and sister, we need to say that at times. 
Christ, the healed, the healer heals you. Christ heals you. Jesus Christ heals you. Hallelujah. I declare that over you right now. Jesus Christ heals you right now in the name of Jesus. Be quickened. Be made right. Be made whole. Hallelujah. Praise your Father. And then he goes on to say, Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. So all who dwelt at Lydda and Shera saw him and turned to the Lord. Saw him and turned to the Lord. Saw what? This man rising and walking. The goodness of God draws men to repentance. Romans 2, 4, that's what happened. They saw the goodness of God through this healing and they were drawn to the master. Hallelujah. It's the dinner bell. It's the call for people to come and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. We learned um, about healing from the master in the word. Peter hung out with the master. He did the same thing. Jesus the Christ heals you. We should be learning the same thing from the Word. If your church doesn't preach this, what are they preaching and teaching? Get into a church that preaches the Word, preaches about prosperity, preaches about healing, preaches and teaches about salvation. Amen? Not that we can do anything and there's no penalty. That we should we have been made right and we should do right, walking in holiness. Be holy for He is holy. Amen? Glory to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it talks about the foods that were there that were going to destroy them. Now, the, and it goes in verse 13. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. For those who are saved, hallelujah. Do you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You may wonder where I'm going. I'm staying on the same path here. Stay hooked. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his whole body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If you're being attacked, remember your body is part of the temple of God. It's the body of Christ on earth. And Satan is attacking the body of Christ. Resist him. Flee from sin. Resist the enemy. Receive your healing. Take authority over it. Amen. If you're being attacked in your leg, it's your leg. Command your leg to be made right, to be made whole, to be strengthened, to be quickened. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice that your body in verse 13, the Lord claims it for himself. He's going to raise you from the dead. He loves you. He loves you, this, this body. He's going to raise it. And we're going to have a new body. Amen. This body is going to be recreated into the, into the righteousness of God, the way Adam was first created, without spot, wrinkle, wrinkle. Amen. We're going to be brought up and raised up. It's a member of Christ in verse 15. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit in verse 19. It was bought with a price. Hallelujah. Mm. God made Adam's body perfect with no flaws. 
And our body should be perfect without flaws, but we live in a sinful world. We have sinned. But when Jesus comes back, this body's going to be raised up. Hallelujah. It's going to be made right. Praise you, Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. See, whenever sickness comes upon you, it's because sin in the world, sin in your life. Every one of us have sinned. When sin came into the world through Adam, sickness was allowed in. Every sickness, every disease is due to sin and because the enemy was allowed to come in and attack. Resist him. Repent, get right. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's go back over um, to where we were and back to verse 7. We are over in Matthew chapter 9, verse 7. And he arose and departed to his house. Now, when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. When was God glorified? After this man was healed, after he rose and walked out. He wasn't given glory when this man had paralysis, not disease, but in the victory. That's when Jesus gets the glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Take it by faith. So we looked at Matthew's account. Uh, Let's start with Mark's account. Don't know if we'll get through this today. But Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And he, and again he entered Capernaum. We found out in Matthew that it was his city. So he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. People were talking. He was in the house. What was he doing in the house? People were gathering because he was going to preach. He was going to teach. Amen. It's a good thing to have Bible studies. Invite people over and preach and teach the word in your house. Hallelujah. God's blessed you with a home. Share the gospel in it. Immediately, many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. Man, we should believe God for big houses, big rooms, big apartments, so that we can invite people over and minister the goodness of God to them. Bless them. And it goes on, and he preached the word to them, not politics, not socialism, not opinion. It is written. He preached the gospel. He preached the word. The gospel means good news. Don't be preaching negative stuff, bloom, doom, destruction. Preach good news. Hallelujah. No, we can't save this earth. The Bible says that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and this one's going to melt with fervent heat. Not global warming, global meltdown. Hallelujah. Well, we shouldn't destroy this earth, but we can't save it. Hallelujah. You know, many people would get an understanding of the gospel if they read the whole paragraph, the scripture before or after, rather than just a little piece of a part of the scripture and understood the intent, the heart, the whole story. Amen. Many false doctrines are because of people reading half of a scripture, not the whole scripture, truly trying to understand what it meant. You know, the scribes and Pharisees would do that. They would try to take one scripture, not the whole scripture, and they'd try to take it out of context. Glory to God. That's not you and me, amen? Hold your place here. It says um, in verse 3, And they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four. Verse 3. So this man was paralyzed and he had to be carried in. Four men carried him in. He, was, he, he couldn't walk. He couldn't move. Like I said before, we don't know if he fell off of a uh, ladder, if he had a stroke. 
but it took four faith buddies. Does not say whose idea, but we know they were all in agreement because it took four of them to carry the man. And then we find out he was dropped down from the roof. It took all five of them. The paralyzed man had to be in faith to receive. You cannot be, you know, expecting for a massive miracle for somebody else if they don't even believe in God and they don't believe in miracles and they resist God. You can ask God to have mercy on them, to give them light and revelation. Amen? Ask the Lord to have a miracle in their life. But if they resist it, they've got more authority of what happens in their life than you do. So all five of them were in agreement. They had to believe to receive. They didn't have Medicare, rolling beds. Man, see, so many people today are lazy. They won't even get up and go to church. They won't go turn a TV on and hear the word of God. This man was paralyzed. And he said, all right, buzz, buddies, take me there. Let's go see what's going on. This man is healed. I'm getting my healing today. I'm taking it by faith. People will say, what's the, what's the point? No, take it by faith. Get up, go forth and receive your healing. It, think of this. They had to carry this man through the dirt on cobble roads. Who knows where they came from? To get to the house. And the house was full of people. They couldn't get in. But they did not quit. Hallelujah. That's why they're in here. My, my, my. They did not quit. They looked higher. When you can't see an answer, look higher. Look up. Amen. That's where your answer is. Look to the master. Look higher. Your answer is from him. Follow what he gives you in your heart. But look higher. Amen. Praise your Father. Well, we're out of time again today. But I, I will continue with this message here in Mark and Luke. We still have all that to go through. But I want you to remember, Jesus has plans to prosper you, to bring you up and out. But you must look through to Him. The answer is in the Word. The answer is in Him. But even if we know the Word and we don't do it, we will not get the answer operating in our life. We must act upon the word. We must be doers of it. I'm believing to take bigger action steps of faith, to be a bigger doer of the word of God. Amen? Because the greater acts of faith we take, the greater miracles we will experience. That's just like Peter when Jesus said, step out of the boat. Come here, Peter. He had to step out of the boat. It took faith to take that step. Amen. That's why we're reading about it today. He took a step out of a boat in a storm and walked on the water. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Well, this is Mike Kennedy with Living in Victory. Stay tuned. We'll continue up on the healings and deliverances of Jesus and learn more about this man who was paralyzed, who rose and walked. Have a blessed day. Due to the graciousness and the goodness of God, we're happy to inform you that you can download all of our messages and our mini books free of charge from our website. Also, if you'd like to become a partner or receive our newsletter, feel free to contact our offices. Mm -hmm.